Hey there, you're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If doing all the things you were told to do to grow your practice have left you overwhelmed and exhausted, you're in the right place. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic who are just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. If you're done with spinal screenings and health fears, want more time freedom, more money in your bank account, and a practice that you love without sacrificing your health, be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractors Survival Guide at AlignedChiroSurvivalGuide.com. Now, sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Hey there, welcome to episode 163 of the Aligned Women Podcast. If you have listened to this podcast for any length of time longer than, let's say, like, three months, probably, then you know that I deal with this sinus and allergy issue that flares up seasonally-ish at least a couple of times a year. I've struggled with this off and on throughout my whole adult life since actually it started. The very first time I experienced this was when I traveled to Paris with my mom when I was a high school senior. So I was 17 at that time. And I was like, this is the most miserable thing I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, at that time, that's what I was thinking. And the symptoms were way more obnoxious than they are right now. And there are way worse things that I could have experienced. So what a fortunate life I had led as a 17-year-old white child in the U.S. at that time. Today's episode, oh my gosh, today's episode is, is a really exciting one for me. In today's episode, I am interviewing Dr. Jillian Sawyer. She's a chiropractor in Canada who also has an online business and a program called the Postpartum Pilots. Uh, can you hear my dog in the background? These dogs are literally driving me crazy. They make so much noise and it is 24-7. Of course, when I don't need them to be quiet, they're snoring and like deeply sleeping during the daytime. Late morning to early afternoon, they snore so loud. They're so sound asleep. And then it's like all throughout the night, they're awake, making noise, playing with their toys, or just barking at invisible creatures of the night. And when I'm on coaching calls and Q&A sessions, the dogs bark so much. Anyway, I'm sure you can hear him making noise in the background. Okay, today, not the day that you're listening to this, but today for me right now as I'm recording this for you, I'm getting ready to teach a free class for chiropractors and other hands-on practitioners who want to take a part of their practice online. I know that some people who are attending the course want to have a completely virtual practice or virtual or online business, and that's wonderful. And it's also not for everyone. Some people, a lot of people want to be able to do the hands-on part of care still, yes, and also create a scalable digital asset in the form of an online course or program for their practice. That will be the focus of the class. It will have already happened by the time you're hearing this. It just so happens that today on the podcast, Dr. Jillian and I are talking about how she started her online endeavors, if you will. So I have a couple of notes before we dive into her interview. One is that in a group for chiropractors yesterday, someone posted just kind of like a venting post. She was like, how much more of this will we take? Where is the line? 
What if things escalate and affect your ability to practice? What choices will you make? And someone commented in reply to her post that she felt similarly. And she had already before all of this, in quotes, before all of this, she said she wanted to transition to a virtual practice. And that all that we've experienced this year has been the tipping point for her. And a couple of people, the last time I saw this, at least it was a couple of people, replied to her comments that one person said, you are a chiropractor who adjusts, right? What is a virtual practice? And another person said something along the lines of, and in case you happen to see this post, I know the person who said this (laughs) second comment, and I have a lot of respect for this person. We were friends in chiropractic school. The person said something along the lines of like, be a chiropractor, don't do that. And I just thought, wow, that's so interesting how they're projecting what their own definition of a chiropractor is onto this person who is choosing something different for herself. And she wasn't asking for feedback, not in the slightest, about her future plans for her business or her career. And yet there they were giving it to her. That's not okay, people. And that's one of the problems. That's one of the reasons that so many people feel so drained and overwhelmed to the empaths mostly. Feel drained and overwhelmed by social media or just like all the tension that is mount has mounted in our country, in our really in our world right now, because we don't understand emotional intelligence, because we don't understand how to be good communicators for each other. I'm not sure. So remember that this is your career. This is your life. It's your business. Only you get to decide what is right for you, what is wrong for you, what is aligned for you. It's between you and your higher power, God, source, spirit, the universe, whatever you call it doesn't matter to me. It's what you call it that matters. And as long as what you're doing is legal and ethical, there is no one right way to be a chiropractor, no matter what anyone else tells you. Okay, now another caveat that I want to add to this interview. Practically right away, we dive into talking about the fact that postpartum care in both Canada and the US has some serious, serious challenges. And at the time that I interviewed Dr. Jillian last summer, it was not on my radar. It was not in my awareness at all that as we talk about disparities, (laughs) the problems in prenatal and postpartum healthcare, that racism is a big part of that. And so I'm just making sure that I'm putting that out there for you to know that I'm now aware of what I wasn't aware of before. And I also still have a lot to learn. And I'm also putting that out there in case it's not on your radar, because if you are a healthcare provider, you need to be aware of how racism affects what we do. Okay, so I think that's all that I want to share with you about this episode. So go dive in, go have a listen, and let me know over in Align Chiropractors after the interview what you learn.
I am here today with my guest, Dr. Jillian Sawyer. Dr. Jillian, thank you so much again for taking time out of your day to come chat with me and to talk to our community. I would love for you to get started with you sharing a bit more about yourself and your family, if you'd like, and what you do for work in the world. Yeah. So I'm a mama of two little girls. They're five and three. And we live in Canada, so near the Rocky Mountains in the north. And um, I'm a chiropractor during the day, I'd like to say, and an entrepreneur online at nighttime. I work out of a practice with a group of midwives in a healthcare center that's focused on women's health. And I've created an online community to help to support women in the perinatal times of life with a heavy, heavy focus on postpartum health, because I think it's so important. I think that's where the healthcare system across the board kind of drops the ball and there's just so much support that's needed there. Yeah. You know, I mean, we feel that way in the U S for sure that postpartum healthcare is definitely lacking in many ways. And it's interesting to hear that you feel that way in Canada as well, because mm-hmm. you have a completely different healthcare system than what we have in the U S. So tell me more about how you got started focusing on the online part of supporting women through the postpartum period? I think it's a common thing with us in practice that we can touch the people that are in our office and their families, potentially, and their friends. But it's a really interesting way to get um, information out to the masses, I guess. And there's just such a need for creating community, I feel like, in a space like that where it's really hard for moms when they have kids to be able to get out into the world sometimes and get into these different physical spaces where you can feel like you're part of a community and supported online in the comfort of your own home. And it just kind of stems from all of the conversations that come up in the office, like all the things that moms are bringing to my attention that I've gone through personally. And there's just such a need for these conversations to be had and for us to normalize how we're all feeling and to kind of break down the wall of the facade that everyone puts out there about motherhood and postpartum and just have like real raw conversations about it. Absolutely. Was there ever a time that you struggled in the postpartum period after having one of your kiddos? Oh yeah. So when I was pregnant with my first, my mom got diagnosed with cancer the same week. And I went through that pregnancy after years of fertility treatment with the terrible feeling of my mom dying from cancer. And she passed away when my first was six months old. And so for me, that first postpartum experience was just like survival mode. It was anything I could do to keep my head above water. I didn't think I could classify it at that time, but in hindsight, a lot of anxiety. And then now going through pregnancy the second time, it's just a whole different experience knowing, just having gone through some of those things the first time around, being able to recognize them because of some of the work that I did um, and the support that I reached out for. And dealing again with postpartum anxiety, lots of grief that would come up and things that would trigger me just going through the experience of watching my mom die. I think physically after my first pregnancy, there was a lot of physical things that I wasn't expecting that even as a healthcare professional, I wasn't aware of to the point where I could recognize that in my own body. So there was a lot of seeking out different professionals to figure out what I was experiencing. And then now knowing that so many women are experiencing the same things and maybe don't have the resources to figure out what's going on. So, so much of my experience, I kind of bring to light and share my story openly because I think it's important if we share our stories, it gives permission for others to do the same. Yes, absolutely. I know 
with my first pregnancy and postpartum experience, I honestly felt horrified looking in the mirror after birth. And I was like, this is what my body looks like now. Like the baby came out and this is what I look like now. I can't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. It seems so unfair in a sense. But what I didn't know at that time was like, it was absolutely normal. And I was completely unprepared for that. I don't know that anyone really could have prepared me for it, but my husband couldn't relate. And he was the only person that I really talked to about it. And it was eight years ago, eight and a half years ago. So we didn't have as much online or as many online communities then as we do now. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like this can't be my reality. Like this is really real. It was really surreal for me. It was really hard to navigate because again, I mean, I felt totally unprepared and I don't know that there would have been a way to be prepared for that Mm -hmm. experience. Coming from a sports rehab background myself in chiropractic, I have a master's in sports and rehab. I found myself months after my first baby was born wondering why is my abdomen still so pudgy? Like it never went really back to the way that it was before, duh. But it just seemed like it wasn't supposed to be that way. I was, I had lost all the pregnancy weight and yet I still looked kind of early second trimester pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then I started researching and found information about diastasis recti. And I was like, how have I never heard of this before? I have a master's degree in sports and rehabilitation I've worked with oodles of pre and post uh, patients and we had two semesters of OBGYN classes in our chiropractic education. No one had ever taught us anything about a very common condition that affects a lot of women. So at that point I was like, so angry angry that we were not taught this. And if we weren't taught this in a professional program, then how are we supposed to help other women who are experiencing the same thing? Totally. Oh my gosh. I don't know if it was a part of your education in Canada through chiropractic school, but it was never a factor in our program. Yeah. That was never brought to light while we were in school. I think it's just like through additional courses and stuff that you're, you start to like put all the pieces together, probably by what we all experience in our own bodies. And you're like, I got to figure this out for other people because this isn't right. You know? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, in a sense, it's, it's a good thing. It's, you know, like my mentor in chiropractic used to say, everyone has a dragon to wrestle, but when you wrestle that dragon, you learn how to tame it and you get to teach other people how to tame the same dragon. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was just one of the dragons I got to wrestle and tame sort of, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that dragon is not completely tamed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thinking back to a recent episode of the podcast, I talked with Dr. Carly Cruz. She's also from Canada. I don't think near you at all, though. She's an MD, and outside of her medical practice, she coaches new moms that are experiencing anxiety. And in the conversation with her, I shared that looking back on my first postpartum experience, I could see only after about five years, probably five years later, that the way that I felt as a new mom was not necessarily normal. And I was so full of anxiety all the time. And I just thought, this is what motherhood is. And this is freaking crazy, Mm -hmm. like totally crazy. 
I just had a similar experience as well. It's just like you look through it through a lens of social media and how everyone else is experiencing it. And then you compare that to what your reality is and behind closed doors, not knowing that everyone's probably feeling the same way, but no one's talking about it. And it like creates this really like ugly monster in the headspace to live in. It's not fun. While we're here, if there is a woman that's listening to the show and she's in this realm, this phase of life right now, what advice would you want to offer her and what strategies or what, maybe what is an action step that you would want her to take right away? Yeah. I think the first thing to know like, is it's okay to not feel okay. It's not always going to feel like rainbows and butterflies. This is hard work and it like pushes you to the edge every single day. And what you're seeing online and through your friends and your family, it's just not the reality of what people are going through behind closed doors. My biggest action step would say, ask for help. There is so many resources, whether it be online or in person. The biggest gift I gave myself as a mom was seeking out postpartum counseling with a woman who focused on grief and postpartum anxiety. And the change that those like sessions made in such a short time, just for someone to sit across the room from you and validate how you're feeling is like the best thing I feel like you can do for yourself. Amen. Yes. And if I could add on to that, ask for the right help yeah. for me, ask like telling my husband, I need help was really ineffective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and often he would just say, you just need to relax. Well, that was not helpful. Yeah. That was not helpful. And of course he didn't intend to not be helpful, but he didn't have the skill set that was needed to help me. I mean, truthfully, that still comes up in a lot of ways. Now there's skill sets that I need, or, you know, just things that I need in regard to support that he can't offer. Mm-hmm. So if you ask your spouse or significant other, even a friend or a family member, you let them know that you, that you need help and you don't feel like you get it. That's okay. Maybe you need to ask someone else, tell someone else, talk to someone else, seek professional support. Just keep going. Don't give up. Absolutely. It's like not the thing to settle on. If you know you're not feeling good and people just keep telling you to brush it aside, it's like you just need to keep asking the questions until you get an answer you feel comfortable with. Yes. Tell me more about how you transitioned or or maybe if there was a story or a, a specific event that permission even to create an online following or program because this is something a lot of women in our community want to do mm-hmm. yet they're afraid to move forward. Yeah. So it was partly just sharing my own story in bits and pieces whenever I felt comfortable enough to do so. Part of the relationships that we build with our patients is I mean, there's that gray area, right? Where you are supporting that person that's in your office, but also that you're a human being on the other side of that. Sometimes it's not in my experience, the most appropriate thing to do like in the office, but the online space provided an area for me to be able to just share my own personal story without giving medical advice. This is just what I went through and steps that I took that helped me. Here's information for you if it might help you. And the thing that clicked for me was the response that I got back from women when they said, thank you so much for sharing your story. I've been feeling the same way for this many years. I think as like a doctor, a chiropractor, you like hold or a society or whatever holds you up on a different level. We're all on the same level. Like we're all dealing with the same things. We're all human. 
Um, so I think it's just tricky. It's gotten in my head a lot being a professional and the information that I put out online, because we have to be careful about things that we put out online because we're held in that regard. But I really approach it from sharing my own story. And then now that the platform's grown a bit is just giving other women the ability to share their story as well. And then it just snowballs. So I went from kind of doing more of my personal stuff to more of sharing other people's stories because their story is very similar to mine and it still gets the information across to people without putting myself in the highlight all the time. And I've transitioned over to a platform called the Postpartum Pilot. And it's just a way for women to come in and feel validated and normalized in what they're going through and gather information instead of going to Google to try and figure out what's going on for them. So it's just to try and give them credible resources. And you can do that really nicely without giving medical advice online. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that's a big part of what stops some people from moving forward. They have this idea and the notion that they have the ability to impact lives in a different way and to reach people anywhere around the world. And it's amazing that we have this tool that allows us to do that now, Mm -hmm. but they're afraid that they'll somehow get in trouble for doing something that crosses the line essentially from what we do in our practices as providers Mm -hmm to what you might do in an online realm, for example. Yeah. I think when I talk about chiropractic stuff specifically, it's just, again, educational. It's not like trying to sell anyone anything. It's just like, here's something that's common. Here's what I experienced. This is what it feels like. And here's some more information for you. So that, again, people are looking to you as a credible resource of health information without having to Google. So tell us more about what the postpartum pilot is. Yeah, the Postpartum Pilot is an online community that's going to become a podcast. And uh, it's a place for women to come in and share their stories. It's a bit of where I share my own story. And it's like a soft place to land if you're in that postpartum period feeling like something's off. I feel like so many women gravitate towards it because they read a story and they recognize themselves in it. And then it propels them to want to share their own story. And I truly feel like with these conversations being had, it just helps to heal not only the person that's telling the story, but the people that are hearing it as well. I will be introducing my online program in that space as well called the Mama Reconnect Project, where I've interviewed women's health experts from around the world to help to bring to light some of the very common concerns in the postpartum period. So public floor health and mental health and physical health and returning to exercise and hormones and sex after baby and all that kind of stuff. And I'll be interviewing health experts as well on the podcast to just try and give moms information that they need and then allowing moms to come on to share their own stories as well. Yes. Awesome. I love it. I'm excited to be able to share your podcast as a resource for women here in this community, but also um, in the mama chiropractors Facebook group too, because it's so needed And for a while, I was feeling more called to support women in in that very early postpartum phase. And now that I'm a year and a half removed from what I intend to be my last pregnancy, I'm like, I just don't want to talk about pregnancy and postpartum anymore. Yeah. (laughs) That's not to say that there isn't a lot of women that obviously need support through that phase. I'm just feeling burnt out, to be quite honest, on the topic. Okay. I noticed that you recently ran a race. Was it a half marathon? 
I'm training for a half marathon and it is on Saturday this week. <laughs> okay. There was one um, you completed recently. I'm not sure what the distance was. It was a 10 K. Okay. Yeah. So the reason that this was on my mind is because this is the self-care as healthcare community and mm. podcast. And one of the things that I have found so interesting, interesting has been, it's been one of my own greatest challenges as well as that. I hold health and fitness and wellness at this high level of value in my life. And yet I can find myself really, really easily sucked into work and sitting at my computer or taking care of the people and not taking care of myself and not honoring, truly not honoring my values of health, fitness, wellness for myself first and foremost. So on that note, I would love to hear from you how you manage to include, if you will, time for yourself, time for training for a half marathon while you're also working as a chiropractor and growing an online community too. And a mom, let's not forget, of two. Yeah, the biggest job of them all. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, It's been an interesting transition for me. Physical activity used to be my go-to for my mental health. And it comes to a point where if I don't do it, I suffer in all the other areas of my life. And so it's just kind of become like a thing that I can't let slip. And this isn't to say I'm out there training like every day of the week. I do two runs a week and do some strength training at home. And I incorporate a lot of like stillness as well, which I never focused on before. Mm -hmm. Um, I put the like stillness and quietness and the physical activity on the same level now. Because before the physical activity used to feel like a job, it was another thing that I had to do in my day. And I would kind of fall off track and not know how to navigate that. But I look at it as like, this is my like reset button for the day. So if I'm not doing something physical that day, I'm spending like five or 10 minutes in the morning with my coffee in stillness, whether it's meditating or journaling or just like kind of planning out my day where there's no kids around me, no one's asking for anything. And then if I'm doing something physical, it's my time to like clear my head. It's all about being quiet. I need like the quiet time in my life to feel like my self-care is okay. Like myself is okay. (laughs) Yes, I totally. My number one self-care thing is to make time alone. Mm -hmm. And when I don't have enough time alone, like maybe I've gone too long without it. It's like I reach my maximum amount of mom, 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 way sooner than what I would otherwise. And so it's taken me a long, long time to really accept this and to honor it. And my family is still coming around. Yeah. (laughs) Like my husband still kind of like, gosh, like, why does it bother you so much to be with the kids 24 seven for two straight weeks? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just my human design and it is what it is. I just know that I'm better as a mom, a wife, and even in work when I have a day where you take the kids out of the house. Totally. I am just here with the cat and she doesn't say a word. Yeah. And it's quiet and it recharges me. It refuels me so that when you guys get home, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Play. I think they eventually start to recognize that. Like they recognize the change in you when you've had time versus when you've not. And like, I had to reframe like how much it doesn't mean like self-care. You can define it as whatever you want. If it's like a coffee by yourself or it's, you don't have to be out at the spa or like going to get a massage or anything else. Like it doesn't need to be a long amount of time, 
find even if I have like a half hour to reset, I can like manage the next day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. I don't know. I think it's something about my nervous system and noise and being an empath and just the combination. And then like the more kids we add to the family, we have a total of four now, mm-hmm. the more noise there is. And then the more important it is for me to have time by myself to recharge and yeah. refuel myself so that I can politely, calmly, and compassionately respond to the 500,000 moms each day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I can tell you that my fitness journey sounds similar to yours. When I was younger, (laughs) in my 20s, it was like a thing that I had to do that was more about forcing myself to do. And then every time that I've had a, a baby... I realized that I go through this process of like renegotiating with myself. What is my fitness now? What does my health care for myself look like now? What is self-care to me now? And after I had my first daughter, well, when I was pregnant with her, I did a half marathon, a 10K. I did my first triathlon when I was pregnant with her. And then I got to about 20 weeks and I was like, yep, I'm done <laughs> with pushing yeah. my body so hard. And with my second baby, when she was born, I was like, I'm clearly not going to be long distance running anymore. I have a connective tissue disorder and an autoimmune condition. And my body was just like, please stop. Like it's, it doesn't even serve me. Please yeah. stop. So I really transitioned to a different fitness approach. And now a year and a half after my third birth, I recognized that it's way different for me now. Like there's a lot less, at least so far, there's a lot less need to force myself to do something that I don't necessarily want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm way more concerned about my longevity now. Yeah. And, and like, what will my body feel like and look like in the future? Not so much right now. And I just want to be able to be present with my kids and help them when they have their own children. Yeah, absolutely. That's so valid. It's like to recheck in to see what that means to you at different phases of life is so important. Yes. Uh, Okay. I have just a couple more questions for you before we wrap up. And I would love to hear more from you about what is your vision for the change that you want to make in the world regarding pregnancy, birth, and the postpartum period specifically? Mm -hmm. I want to be that household name for people where they know that they have a space to go to find information and feel comfortable to share their story. I want to be a change maker in the sense of giving people permission to do that and to come back to who they are as a person after they've had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of lose that person that we were way back in our 20s. Yes. And to be able to function in, in the world, whether it's in a profession or with your family, it's so important to be able to come back to those like really important values to you so you can feel whole and like function as a whole human being instead of just like a shell of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I just want the information to be accessible, which I feel like is the direction to go with the podcast because things are expensive in the world. And I feel like I've been put here to be able to provide information to people. And I want that to be able to reach as many people as I can. Yeah. And podcasts are free, y'all. Like, yeah, yeah so <laughs> it's so good. amazing. In 2014, I listened to a podcast for the first time and I was like, how have I never known that these were in iTunes and there's so many of them and there's so many topics and they're free. And then I just like absorbed everything I possibly could. And then by 2015, I was like, 
I can do this. I have no idea where it's going to take me, but I can do this. And now here we are. So yes, I mean, it's just like, there are so many tools and so many resources available to us as individuals that need them. But if you have a calling on you to share resources or information or education with people, trust the process. Because mm-hmm. I literally would have never known where I was going. I just had to take one step at a time and then just continues to unfold. <laughs> totally. Yes. Awesome. Okay. If someone that's listening to the show today would like to connect with you and learn more about you, where's the best place for her to do that? Yeah. Um, I mostly hang out on Instagram. I do have my Instagram pages linked to Facebook. So at the postpartum pilot, and I do have a chiropractic page called at mama and me chiropractic. And then my website is jillianswara.com. And there's like a plethora of videos and information for postpartum and pregnancy on there that are free for people. Yeah, I think your Instagram is really great. And you have both your Instagram for, I guess, for your practice. Yeah. Um, and then the postpartum pilot as well. So yeah. we'll be sure to include links to those in the show notes when it's an official podcast in iTunes and on our website. And I will put them into the comments of the video here in the self-care is healthcare community on Facebook as well. Awesome. Okay. Dr. Jillian, thank you so much for being here with me again today and for sharing your knowledge and just being able to be open. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women podcast. If you love this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic. Think of your classmates and the woman who practice near you. Is there one who you know is tired, overwhelmed, exhausted, or just burned out? If so, let her know about the Aligned Women podcast right away. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into Aligned Women's proven method for women in chiropractic on how you can have more time freedom and more financial freedom, how you can build a practice full of the right patients, not just more of them, and how you can feel confident that you're making the impact you were born to make as a chiropractor. Be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractors Survival Guide at alignedchirosurvivalguide.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.